Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osherberg and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Good morning and welcome to Jags Drive Time on a Wednesday. And it feels like a playoff week in Jacksonville. As you pull into the stadium or come down by the stadium at any point in the next day or two, you'll see dozens of trucks, most of them with ESPN, Monday Night Football all across the parking lot that is known as Jay. They're here. They're getting set. We're getting set. It's a big week in Jacksonville. Welcome in. Presented today by our friends at the Fields Auto Group. John Osier alongside. How are you this morning? Great. Great. We're uh, getting ready for this thing now. Yeah. It's, um, no matter where you go in the city, mm-hmm. you see people wearing their Jaguars gear. I saw a flag up in front of a neighbor's house. The neighbor is an avowed New York Jets fan, right? Grew up in New York, longtime fan, and there's a flag in front of his house this morning. I thought, okay. Well, that to me showed everything, how people are jumping on, and why not? It's it's the biggest story in Jacksonville, and it's got people energized for the fresh first time, really, since 2017. Well, and it's the biggest uh, debate. All I mean, a debate whether this one's bigger than that, but as we talked about Monday, it's, it's the biggest game in this stadium since uh, since 1996. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, the biggest regular season regular game season. in this in the stadium since 1996. And it's got the energy uh, of the biggest game since 99. Uh, I mean, it's the Bills' playoff game was huge. There was incredible energy. It was cool. But I don't think that game is going to be any more energetic or mattering to the fans that are there than this. Uh, and the fun thing about it is it's against Tennessee. So let's go. Yeah. Let's start with big things here this morning to kick it off. And we'll go with the obvious, and that is winner take all, the AFC South, the guaranteed spot to a playoff. You've probably seen all the scenarios if the Jaguars should lose on Saturday, but the Browns beat the Steelers, the Jets beat the Dolphins, and the Bills, Patriots beat the Bills. Uh, Then the Jaguars could slide in. Hey, winner take all, that's the mentality. And Brandon Sheriff said yesterday that he and his teammates are ready for it. Uh, just continue to, to focus on the details. You know, uh, obviously the game's on Saturday, so you got you to speed it up a little bit. But Doug's going to Doug and all the coaching staff has done a great job. Uh, you know, throughout the year, you know, we had that three game stretch in twelve days, so they did a great job taking care of our bodies. And uh, we got we got four or five days, so uh, we're we're I, I can feel the the energy and the excitement from a bunch of guys. You know, because this is a huge game for us, and, and we're we're excited. You probably have heard ad nauseum that this is a young football team. And when you look at the average age, I think it's the third youngest football team in the league. And throughout the season, especially during that five-game stretch when this team wasn't winning, Doug Peterson and his staff were coaxing this team through, coaching and pushing and prodding to get them up to speed. But Doug doesn't need to really say much this week. At this point of the season, they've learned everything they need to learn. They know what this game is about. We understand this is a this is a huge game. We we understand Tennessee is the same way. They understand this is a huge football game, and you know, so we don't have to preach that. You know, that that's the message that doesn't have to be taught. The message is just continue to to build upon what we've done for 17 weeks, and and that's improving each week. That's just you know staying the course, trusting the process. You know. Um, my job is to make sure the guys are as fresh and healthy and all that, you know, by the time we get to, to Saturday this week. And, and uh, it's their job to study the game plan. So that's all part of the, that's all part of the process. And, uh, you know, uh, again, you don't, have to, you don't have to go, you know, too far overboard to, to let them know that, that this, is a, this is a pretty big game. 
And finally, to round out big things here on a Wednesday morning, with all due respect to Dewey Wingard, it's always about Derrick Henry. It's always Derrick Henry when you play the Titans, even when they had A.J. Brown, even when Tannehill was playing at a Pro Bowl level. In order to stop the Titans and guarantee a win, you had to stop big number 22. Doug Peterson understands that in this week, 18 of the regular season, there are no secrets between division rivals. You know what you got to do. You know, Josh did some nice things, you know, in that last game, and, and I would I would anticipate that um, they would lean towards him being the starter, you know, in this game, and, and um, you know, so that's how you prepare, but obviously you got to be ready for both guys, and, you know, um, uh, again, you're going to have a, you're going to have a rest of Derrick Henry, too, you know, and, and, and uh, we know what he did in the first half of our game, you know, the last time here about four weeks ago, so um, great challenge for our defense, great challenge for our football team, and uh, looking forward to it. And those are big things on a Wednesday morning, Saturday night, Jaguars and Titans for the AFC South title on ESPN 815 for the kickoff. Uh, we'll have Mike Keith, longtime voice of the Tennessee Titans and a good friend on in the next segment to talk a little bit about it. But really, when you look at this roster, I think the, the Titans lead the NFL in most games lost by starters this year, whereas the Jaguars are 180 degrees the other end of that. They have the least, the fewest games lost to starters. They have the most players on IR. This whole thing is all about Derrick Henry on Sunday. As far as I'm concerned, I guess you could make the case it's all about Josh Dobbs, but I think if you stop Derrick Henry, you beat the Titans. Yeah, and this is my uh, this or that later in the show, so I'm not going to say too much in it, but obviously you have to stop Derrick Henry. Uh, The remarkable thing about the Week 14 game where the Jaguars won 36-22 is they really didn't stop Derrick Henry. Uh, I I know the defense deserves credit for slowing him down in the second half, but he had two carries on three yards, or, th- or three on two, whatever it was. Um, so they stopped Derrick Henry by changing the game so that they were up enough where the Titans really couldn't use Derrick Henry. The Titans have changed on that front a little bit. I don't, I'm not sure that they can run their way back into games with Derrick Henry the way they did when this thing that they have going was really in its prime. There was a time where they could be down 17, and they would still turn and hand the ball and know that they could get back in doing that. Uh, they didn't do that against Jacksonville in Week 14. That, that was significant to me. Um, but stop him, but I think you need to stop him better than you did in that game. I, I don't know that you can give up a buck 22 in the first half and expect to be ahead and have the breaks that the Jaguars got in that game. They got turnovers that helped them out of that way of playing for a little while. And then credit to him in the second half, they uh, they ran the table with it. Got to stop him better than you did in Week 14. Well, he had 100 yards in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, takeaways were also the big story of that game because the Jaguars were able to get the ball back, short fields, put their offense in a position to succeed, take possessions away from, at that point, it was Ryan Tannehill. Right. And, and that's really the major difference. In take the game. them away from Derrick Henry. Yeah. At that moment, they couldn't afford to stick with the running game. And that day, they did not have Traylon Burks, their exciting rookie wide receiver. So it just... It was a worst-case scenario for the Titans on that Sunday afternoon. It'll be interesting to see how they position it. We had Josh Dobbs here in 2019 Mm -hmm. after Nick Foles got hurt. Smart guy, has not played a lot of football, seemed to play pretty well the other night. We'll see how much more they can give him after 10 extra days to get ready for this one. But you'd figure Dobbs is going to be a caretaker, a game manager. Well, you want to make sure he is, and... To me, the key for the Jaguars is stop Derrick Henry enough to make 
Josh Dobbs not be a game manager, and then when they're putting him in situations that they don't want to put him into, get the turnovers that you got off of Derrick Henry, which I'm not sure you're going to do two times in a row, get those turnovers off of a quarterback who you would think has not seen what you're trying to do and has not been as, who has not been on this stage yet. This is a hot team surging towards the playoffs. The Titans are the exact opposite of the hot team. What I think is interesting is just go back to last January, almost a year to the day where the Colts came in just needing to win to get into the playoffs. I think this Jacksonville team has recent memory that mm-hmm. they can lean on. They understand that just because this team is coming down with six consecutive losses and and all their players injured and playing with a quarterback who was on someone else's practice squad doesn't mean that they can't be shaking their heads after the game like the Colts were on this very same field a year ago. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's funny. Uh, it's why you love the NFL is because you truly never know and games like that can happen, so it's why you watch. If If this... If you knew this was going to play to script, there would be no drama and no tension because if it played to script, the Jaguars beat them by 20 points Right. because they've won uh, uh, four of six. They've made up three and a half games. They're the hot team. If this was a video game you know, and you were simming it, it would be sim Jacksonville every time. But the Titans are really well coached. They know how they want to play. They're getting healthier. And you have an X factor of a quarterback that – you would think should be advantage Jaguars, but sometimes when a new quarterback you haven't seen and they throw a wrinkle, it takes time to adjust, and all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball, uh, it's always dangerous in the NFL in these games. So uh, you cannot sim this, so it is not a huge advantage Jaguars. And the Titans have history on this team. Well, so uh, it, is a, it, it is a huge, huge moment even beyond the postseason stuff. For the older fans who are watching, uh, the Titans were the Oilers, and they cost the Jaguars their very first game here, opening day, 1995. And then, of course, in 1998, the Titans were the Oilers, but they were playing in Nashville at that time, and they cost the Jaguars the chance to claim their very first division title here in late December. And then we all know what happened with the AFC Championship game the next season. So there's a lot of history between these two franchises. So throw the records out at this point and play the game on Saturday night. Uh, To say the least, it's been an eventful few days in the NFL. And we had our own um, moment on Monday when those of us who knew Uche Winery were told of his passing at age of 36. John covered him. I covered him from his rookie season. And he passed on Monday. I saw uh, a lot of former teammates commenting on social media about their time with the former fifth-round pick who took over for Chris Naoli and was a stalwart in the middle of that line next to Brad Meester. Um, He's the second member of that group to pass because a few years ago, Vinny Monawai passed away. And I just, good player, good teammate, good interview in the locker room, a good person, and uh, a valuable member of some good teams in Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't know that I covered Uche in, in his best years, meaning 07 through 10. When this team was really going, I missed. I got back in 2011. Uh, so I don't know that that was really – that that time is how fans remember him, I guess is what I'm getting at. But I I remember Uche is – off of those teams early, 
I got to know Scobie pretty well because Scobie was very easy to get to know. Uh, but it it was a team at the time that was sort of breaking up a little bit. It had, it had had its run from 04 through uh, 2010 under Jack, and there was a core there. Yeah. Uh, but Fred was gone, and a lot of guys who I think fans really associate with that time, uh, Henderson, Stroud, et cetera, they were gone. Uh, I got to know Uche a little bit, and it, he was always a guy who was warm, uh, who when you talk to him off the record uh, didn't – was easy to talk to and didn't act like he was separate from the fans, I guess. And I'm, I'm, I mentioned that because he had been very active on social media with the fans for two or three, four years, and uh, really since the time he left. So I know fans have a great uh, affection for Uche. And I think that was real. I think when a guy stays in touch like that, it's a real thing. So, uh, well, and apparently he became a good piece, good guy, a good businessman. Uh, I had a brief correspondence with him in the spring. We were going to do a story this next off season about his tattoo artist uh, uh, shop and where he was headed with that. Uh, so, our condolences to yeah. his family. When we come back on Jags Drive Time, Mike Keith from the Titans Radio Network will join us. Saturday night's game between the Jaguars and the Titans is presented by Johnson & Johnson Vision, the makers of AccuView brand contact lenses. They're providing healthy sight for life, and they're proudly based in Jacksonville. Visit jjvision.com. Again, Saturday night's game presented by Johnson & Johnson Vision, the makers of AccuView. And we're back with Mike Keith right after this. And welcome back. Brian Sexton, John Osier with you here on Jags Drive Time on a Wednesday morning presented by our friends at Publix. Publix, where as you know, shopping is a pleasure. And we bring on to the phone lines now a longtime friend and a longtime Titans observer, the voice of the Titans, Mike Keith. Hello, Michael. How are you this morning? Good morning. Nice to have you. Things good? Did you have a good holiday? I did. I hope you did as well. Yeah, certainly did. Hey, give us a sense of where the Titans are mentally right now. Uh, you know, with the quarterback issue, having to play with so many guys along the offensive front. Uh, are they steeled up for this effort on um, on Saturday night, or are they having to work through some things, understanding that their team has been so injured this year? You know what's funny? There, there are two things that really jump out to me about this club. So I'm going to watch them practice last Monday. And they're getting ready to play a, a Thursday night game. It was Tuesday, actually. They're getting ready to play a Thursday night game with Dallas. And they're, they're, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, and you're saying, wow, uh, they've just lost to Houston, and this didn't go well. And they've lost five in a row. And how in the world are they going to sort of get back up to play Thursday night against Dallas knowing – that for them the game doesn't really have a lot of meaning and knowing that they're going to be without a lot of their main guys. And what jumps out when you look at the roster is they've played a lot of people this year that were on their practice squad or somebody else's practice squad. And so these guys are excited to get the opportunity. And then they went out Thursday night against Dallas and gave a really nice effort in a, in a pretty tough situation. And then the second part of it is Joshua Dobbs really gave them a lift offensively and defensively as well. And so I think 
it's kind of funny to have been in the circumstance they've been in. These are a lot of guys who feel like now, hey, you got something to play for this week. You got an opportunity. You feel like you have a quarterback who can sort of take care of the business of running the offense. And so as I watched him practice yesterday, I again saw the same thing. They are they are not the lifeless team that looks like they they've got the surfboards on the car and and the car is already running for the offseason. We'll see if it carries over or means anything, but it's it's very surprising when you consider where they are having lost 6 in a row and what they look like when they work and how they played last Thursday night. It, it does not look like a team that has given up. Derrick Henry is obviously always uh, the topic when a team plays the Titans. Um, he looked f- fine to me in the first half up there uh, in, in week 14, but you've seen this guy play his whole career. You've seen him play now. Where is he in terms of explosiveness, in terms of the kind of running back he is? John, he's still the same guy, uh, and I think that's been the most impressive thing about his return this year. And it was really sort of a fortunate thing for where, where the injury happened last year is when he came back for the playoffs, he he was healed, and so he got to spend the off season not rehabbing, but getting in shape, doing what Derrick Henry does, and he's come back and been Derrick Henry again. Um, I, I think. What's going to be nice for for him is that he's had the week off to sort of let whatever bumps and bruises that you'd normally have this time of year healed. And so that's a good thing. For the Titans, the key with him, and that game was the primary example, is they can't get in a situation where he can't play in the second half, meaning he's not a third down back. We all know that. If you get the lead on the Titans and you put them in a difficult spot in the second half, he is essentially not a factor. And so can they get in a game where they can keep using him all four quarters? And that's that's going to be one of the keys in all of this because, John, if you can, he's still got the pop to do what he does. And that's that's one of the biggest keys for Saturday night for the Titans – be able to use Derrick Henry for all four quarters. You know, Mike, I know we talk a lot about Quinnen Williams as being one of the best defensive tackles in football for the New York Jets, and he's certainly great. But when I watch your guy Jeffrey Simmons, I I watched him walk back guard after guard after guard in looking at the tape of the Titans playing this season. How much has it hampered the defensive line to have him struggling with that ankle injury, and what's his status for Saturday night? It's remarkable that he has played the second half of the season the way he has with that ankle. He missed uh, the game on November 13th, and that was because they wanted to try to have him ready. They were in one of the two 11-day stretches where they had three games, so they sat him there, and obviously then they sat him Thursday night to get him ready. Uh, I I don't know how close he is to 100%, Brian, but he has played remarkably well considering the injury that he has had for over two weeks. And, and when he's good, uh, I don't know that outside of Aaron Donald there's anybody better. He is, he is physically so dominant um, and is able to do so many different things. You know, if he, were a, if he were a baseball player, you'd call him a five-tool player because he can essentially do 
everything that you need a defensive lineman to do. And most importantly, too, Brian, is he plays about 80 to 85 to 90 percent of the snaps, which is remarkable for a big man. Every team deals with injuries over the course of a season. Every team. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's the Titans in 2023. Have you – Yeah, In all your years there, and, and for folks who don't know, Mike's been with the Titans since they showed up in Tennessee in 1997 as the Oilers. Uh, have you ever seen it like this? No. Okay. No. I mean, it's, it's been crazy. The Titans have used 177 players in the last two years. It's remarkable. In games. And it's just been, um, it's been crazy town, you know, and, and there have been all these fire drills at different times. I mean, they went three straight weeks the day before games, making seven roster moves to get to the game. And, you know, there be guys, it, it, for us as broadcasters, it's been a little like calling a preseason game every week of the year, because it's like, who is this guy again now? Exactly. You know, yeah, we made the joke that that if you'd have told me before the season, if you'd asked me who Andrew Adams was, I'd have thought he was one of the guys who originally signed the Constitution more than a guy who would start twelve games at safety for us. I didn't know who he was, yeah. and you know they they bring him in off a of practice squad because they have to get somebody. Um, but they've done you know they've done a pretty good job. I think what you've seen the second half of the year though is. Some of that has shown up, yeah. and and that's been the difficulty in it. It's not everything, uh, but it it has shown up in a in a very difficult way. The Titans have a patchwork offensive line; that's no secret. Um, but there are some guys coming back. You know, having Traylon Burks back is a big factor in the passing game, and you know we'll see if some of these guys can make a difference on defense because i do think several of them will have a chance to be back for saturday night 177 players you had the number 1 seed last year and you're fighting for the playoffs on the final sunday of the regular season someone's done something right up there mike thanks so much for your time as as always thanks for having me on guys yeah. we'll see you saturday look forward to it michael all right we'll take a break come back with this or that on jags drive time presented on a wednesday morning by our friends at the fields auto group Well, our friends at Star Credit Union remind you that they are proud sponsors of Game Day Radio. Star Credit Union, do good, bank better. Welcome back. Drive time on a Wednesday morning. Brian and John with you. We'll be with you here on a Thursday morning as well, even though today is Wednesday and Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. That's what happens when you play a Saturday night. Things get adjusted, and uh, this team has learned to adjust, which brings us to this or that. This or that. This or that. And it's brought to you by Price.com, the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback, coupons, all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. John, you hinted that you had something good in this or that earlier. Well, I've, I've got a this or that. I don't know how good it is, but uh, who's the most important player for the Titans this weekend? Is it Derrick Henry or Joshua Dobbs? And it, it it's sort of... Uh, the answer is it's 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 an intertwined question because I believe you have to stop Derrick Henry to make Josh Dobbs matter. But assuming that you can hold Derrick Henry to 80 yards-ish, then I think Josh Dobbs is the important factor because 
if he plays a clean game, if he's not rattled, if the Jaguars can't make him look like a guy who is playing in his first game or in in his second game in the biggest game of his career, if you don't have that flustered quarterback look, which we've all seen, then I think the Titans have a real chance at the end of the game. Right. Uh, so they must make Josh Dobbs look like a guy who hasn't played a lot of NFL football. And you do that by stopping Derrick Henry. Right. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's a tough question because if you, if you don't stop Derrick Henry, right. well, then Josh Dobbs can just hand off all game. The other side doesn't matter. The other side of that is, is that, you know, the Jaguars are going to stack the box. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to be ready for Henry. So at some point, Joshua Dobbs has to make a couple of throws. Yeah. He's got to find his tight end. He's got to find Traylon Burks, Robert right. Woods. He's got to make some early throws. as long as he's in good down and distance situations, young quarterbacks can do that. Yeah. If you get Derrick Henry, if you stop him first, second down, get him to third and eight, then you can start doing things that make Josh Dobbs look like fans think he ought to look. Right. Uh, if he's thrown on third and one, it's harder to do that. All right. So I went with the obvious, and that was Saturday night or Sunday night. I was on a couple of radio shows yesterday, and everyone wanted to talk about this. Were the Jaguars getting screwed by being put on Saturday night versus Sunday night? I don't think so. I don't think it matters. They're in prime time. They've got a game. If they'd been put at 1 o'clock on Sunday, people, I think, would rightfully feel that they had been slighted. But getting the Saturday night, this team has figured out how to get ready in short weeks before. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson certainly knows how to get this done. For everything that's on the line, to me it doesn't matter whether it's Saturday night or Sunday night. And, of course, if you win and you got a playoff game, you now have a full week, or if they get a Sunday game, an extra day. I think I would rather have the short week here against an opponent that you know, one that's beat up, and then more time to get ready next week. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think they got – the reason they're on Saturday is because the league didn't want to put Jacksonville and Tennessee on Sunday night. I, I I certainly think there's an element of that. So did they get jobbed a little bit? Probably. My other side of that is, look, you've got a playoff game against a beat-up team with a young quarterback. You're hot. Go in the game. If they, if they played it the next day, go in the game. Right. So um, I also think it's important to remember – the Jaguars, with Trevor Lawrence and, and Doug Peterson and the way this team plays, they can earn their way out of this lack of respect thing, win Sunday, be good next year, and you can – I mean, I'm sorry, win Saturday, be good next year. You'll start having primetime games. You can start being that small market team that's cool that people want to see on TV. That can happen very quickly because this kid's a rock star. Well, Green Bay is a small market team right. that they've won over time, right. and so people don't see them as that right. anymore. They had quarterbacks that came along that won championships. That's, as you just said, right. what this kid can do for Jacksonville so that someday you never say, yeah, it's Jacksonville. It's one of the smallest markets in the league. Of course they're going to be on right. Saturday night. It's just, oh, it's the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. They go on Sunday night. Two things. Uh, I got to Indy in 2001, as people know. Uh, at the time, they had played a couple of Monday night games because uh, Monday night was the only big deal back then. Yeah. Uh, they played a couple in Peyton's first couple of years. But before, I think, 99, they had had one Monday night game in like 14 years there. Uh, so they were ignored. Well, w- within two years of me being there, and it wasn't because John Ozier was there. It was because Peyton was there. 
they're on Monday all the time. They're hosting Sunday night games, the whole thing. Buckle up. It's coming. Also, one final thought. In fairness to the league, we're very excited about Jacksonville, and it's a great story. It's an 8-8 eight and eight team playing a 7-9 and nine team. I think if this game was a 12-4 and four team playing an 11-5 team with the playoffs on the line, I think it would be different. So there's still some earning to do to get into that uh, stratosphere of, yeah, they're going to be prime time all the time. Right. And of course, it starts on Saturday night with a win over the Titans and a chance to get into the playoffs. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the Wednesday morning show. Preview Thursday and the rest of the week here on Jags Drive Time, presented by the Fields Auto Group. Well, for nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory. DreamFinders Homes says go Jags. And they want this right here. They want this. They want that. They ain't having it. Hey, man, let's go to the south, man. Let's go, y'all. Come on. Come on. We don't relax. We don't relax. Hey, yeah, folks. Yeah, folks. Yeah, folks. Let's go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go, folks. Game over. Hey, 88, man. 500. Bro, this is about to be the best environment we've ever played in. And, hey, and you know what makes it even just more, what makes it just more just sweet? We at home, bro. Jaguar strong safety Ray Sean Jenkins mic'd up last week at NRG Stadium in Houston. That'll be up on the web later. It'll be on Jags Wired. It'll be all over social media. Uh, I, it's cool to see how excited the players are for what's coming on Saturday night. And my understanding, and probably everyone's, uh, this building is going to be near capacity, if not completely full and dominated by teal, black, and gold. It won't be like it was for the Dallas game. As my grandfather used to say, it'll be stuffed like a tick. <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you know, it, a final thought on uh, Rayshon Jenkins. And again, what we talked about, such a young roster. There's two guys on this roster who are over 10 years experience, Corey Peters and Marvin Jones Jr. Beyond that, it's like 60-year guys. And you're talking about free agents, Rayshon, Foyer, uh, Evan Ingram, these guys who, uh, uh, Sheriff, who started off the show. Seven or eight guys who who matter, who came in as free agents. And I know we talked about this point in the show before. How many years have we sat here in December and been like, well, the free agent class, here we go. There you go. Right. So what a uh, you know tribute to the people who put this thing together yeah. and, and to these guys for coming in, being healthy. You know, I talk about the Titans being healthy. Sometimes free agents come in and you haven't scouted them that well, and all of a sudden they're breaking down the end of the year. You know, knock on Formica, whatever this is. But you're talking about a lot of guys who've been in the league a while, Ingram, Kirk, Jones, all available going into the – you know, pretty good job putting together guys who not only are hyped in March but are available in December. Well, and if you look over January. the last two years, both free agency yeah. and the draft, uh, what the general manager and his staff have given – to Doug Peterson to put on the field yeah. and then coax through. It's been a good partnership. Doesn't always happen. No, I mean, it's worked well. A lot of times these guys sit at press conferences in March, yeah. and then by uh, January you're thinking, why'd you sign him? So anyway, I didn't mean to go off on that nope. tangent, but I th- nope. you know, 
that's a key to me on why this team's here. All right. So tomorrow morning, we'll have he will, he won't, he might. Uh, we'll have a preview of Saturday night's game. Uh, anything interesting in Ozone Podcast this week? Uh, should have Evan Ingram, who is it is a repeat guest, but uh, he's terrific. such a different story than when I talked to him in March. Yep. I'm anxious to talk to him about just you know this journey, if you will, because that's what it is at this point. Uh, great guy and very interested to hear how he views this whole path they've been and on. he was the guy the last time the jaguars faced the titans so yeah, that's yeah, right that's makes right. a lot of sense yeah. all right yeah. uh and it goes without saying uh both john and i and the entire jaguars organization and i'm sure you would say the same thing as a jaguars fan as a football fan uh send our thoughts and our prayers to the uh the folks in Cincinnati who are with DeMar Hamilton to the Bills organization for what happened on Monday evening and wish him a healthy, speedy recovery. I tell you, it's been inspiring, John, to yeah. see how people have donated more than $5 million to the young man's uh, uh, community foundation. Yeah. Uh, to see how people have reached out wanting to be a part of helping this guy get back on his feet. Yeah, social media doesn't always uh, cast our society in the best light. But it it has enabled, in this situation, people to reach out and show the spirit of people that I think was always there. Uh, and the NFL is a community. The fans feel connected to this. And uh, certainly uh, an unbelievable story in how they've reached out shouldn't trump the fact that we're still waiting to hear health here recovery is yeah. paramount and let's hope for the best and I, I believe i said demar hamilton it's demar hamlin as you all know i knew that too uh demar hamlin a great story on the athletic website about him and his impact in the pittsburgh community if you'd like to learn more jaguars the city of jacksonville and jaguars fans send our condolences and our thoughts and our prayers and hope that he recovers fully and we'll take this as the end of our show and be with you tomorrow here on jags drive time <laughs>